Quickly under your wing, you taught me how to give 110% every play. And you if I gave my best effort every time, you would never be frustrated with me. Through my ups and downs, you never lost faith. I knew with continuous hard work on my footwork, it can only get better. Southside or the north side, not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams, both sides got our own rings. On the mound on the long ball, but we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah, <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantes so or the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood, discussions and interviews, trade rumors that might be. This is pinwheels and knife. Yeah, this is what you waiting for. Yeah, you can put it on the board. Yeah. Every season they get all changed Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the board, yeah Every season they get all changed Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the board, yeah Every season they get all changed I'm not if crying. You did not tear up. Onions. If you did not Onions. tear up watching that, you have no soul. You're not a Cubs fan. You're not a human being. Because, oh my God. Yeah, that's. that's Welcome true. to the Pinwheels Navi podcast brought to you by Sports Mockery. Visit sportsmockery.com. Download the app, Sports Mockery. Kevin, I was back in the playoffs. Cubs, Marlins. Um, are you excited? Ah, we're here, man. Five years, <laughs> five, five playoffs appearances in six years. We're in the golden age of Cubs baseball right now, baby. So we are at that flip the switch moment. This is this is uh, I mean, this is like the calm before the storm. You never know what's going to happen, but uh, for at least a couple forty eight hours, you know, optimism is is pure. Optimism is ready, and you know, with Kyle Hendricks going tomorrow against the Florida Marlins or Miami Marlins, excuse me, Miami Marlins. Uh, we got we got ourselves a. Uh, we got some playoff baseball coming, baby. I don't know. There's nothing. There's nothing else you can compare it to. It's it's time. All that all that rugged sixty games all come down to this. So let's get to the uh, newsy stuff of the preview. Uh, David Ross announces the game one and two starters, going with Kyle Hendricks game one, you Darvish game two. Uh, Kevin, uh, before we went live, you mentioned how you were seeing a little pushback, not a lot, a little pushback. Mm-hmm. Like, hey. You's been uh, great all season. He's been great since, like, the second half of 2019. He's the Cy Young guy. Why not go with him? Um, I will always, and it's not just me, Kyle Hendricks, similar to uh, a guy you may know, Chris Bryant, is 
severely underrated uh, around baseball. Chris Bryant more uh, with Cubs fans. But, I mean, even nationally, Chris Bryant doesn't get the respect he deserves. And neither does uh, Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks has the seventh best ERA since he made his debut in 2014. Mm-hmm. He has pitched and pitched great in big playoff games for the Cubs. Uh, people forget he was the game six starter in the 2016 NLCS and dominated the Dodgers. Uh, and then he was pretty damn good uh, game seven uh, in Cleveland uh, for that time the Cubs uh, won the World Series. People forget. He, again, he has, a, he has like a 3.13 career ERA or 3.12 career ERA. He had a 2.88 uh, ERA this year. He has a 1.85 ERA in six starts at Wrigley Field in 2020. And he's lifetime just dominant at Wrigley Field. I have no clue why anyone would be upset with question the move. Kyle Hendricks is the real deal, guys. Like it's fine. It's he he might he might struggle against the Reds in Cincinnati, but other than that, he's fucking awesome. And you, you know, and you and it, yeah, it's easy to say you Darvish, because you Darvish has been the Scion contender all year. But the fact is Kyle Hendricks is an experienced postseason pitcher with experience against, you know, in the postseason in big games, the biggest game actually for the Cubs at one point. Um, we're at you know, the two biggest games in Cubs history. So, and here we go. And, 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 you know, yes, cool. It's glamorous to think that you should take the bump, but you has not been great in the postseason. You has very little postseason experience. Um, and you have a guy that like, like Kyle Hendricks that can go out there and just hypnotize offenses, uh, with his, uh, thanks Turk. Um, so with his um, with his magic and what he can really provide on the bump with his cerebral you know approach to to you know getting outs and in the postseason it's about getting outs it's not about strikeouts it's not about it's about getting outs giving your offense an opportunity to take a lead and then winning a ball game that's it that's it doesn't matter how you win you win you you, you can win ugly you can win clean you can do whatever but with a guy like Hendricks you're going to be in a position to succeed if. You go with him, and the thing is, you know, and, and you know, why do you not throw you Darvis? Because you want Caratini's bat, or you don't want Caratini's bat in the lineup. And you has Caratini; he's going to have Caratini on game two. So Victor, we behind the dish. He's his catcher. He pitches well with him. That's that's going to happen. So you might as well go after that first game with your best offense. Let Hendricks do the job, and then when you got when you go to you for game two, you could go for you know, hopefully you're going to game two trying to finish the series out, and you let you Dar- Darvish go do what he does. That's a door slammer right there. Um, but you got to take game one. If not, we got probably John Lester for game three. But, you know, you let you let the veteran, you know, saying that it's crazy because I feel like Kyle Hendricks is still a kid. But you let the veteran like in Kyle Hendricks, you let him go. You let him do the job. And that, I don't, you know, I, I think a lot of people forget the Caratini aspect of it. And that's probably the number one reason that they went with Hendricks, that and his experience. But there's no garbage cans this year. So you, Darvish, may be OK. And uh, speaking to the whole aspect of uh, Caratini, I forget the. I forget the stat. I forget who's going to start game two for the Marlins, but there's something about how he has reverse uh, splits and he's better uh, against righties, so or better against lefties, which would be against Caratini. Mm-hmm. No matter what, we would know that Caratini is going to be in that lineup. So the Cubs are probably going to stack their lineup with more righties. So you don't want that. You don't want Caratini like game one because. Mm-hmm. That's going to be just immediate black hole when you get to him. I know he's been a little bit, a little. I think he's like a couple good games in September, but that bat just hasn't uh, produced the power that we saw last uh, last year. Um, and again, like you said, I mean, it's. I don't know what else Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks also, I forgot. Kyle Hendricks won the Cy Young, or uh, uh, could have, should have received more votes. Uh, he won an ERA title in 2016 as well. 
Mm. Sorry to point that out. <laughs> there is this just whole thing that like, oh, Kyle Hendricks, like he gets lucky. Like he's he's pitched for seven seasons now. Uh, he's pretty damn good. Uh, Fans have a tendency to not really appreciate guys that are consistently in quiet consistency. The quiet consistency is people underrated. Hate good. People hate good. I don't know. What it is. They want. They want. Hey, if, <laughs> if, if he had a really cool delivery and threw ninety nine miles an hour and had a four ERA, they'd be like, "Give him the ball. What's the deal? He's the best." Stop like me. We get, we get so caught up and it's great. I mean, there's nothing wrong with anything, but we get caught up in because uh, what because the whole argument about you know like the guys showing their emotion is like the whole point of that is just to let them be themselves. Like Kyle Hendricks is he's the quiet guy. Like Chris, he's they're the mm-hmm. quiet guys, and they just go out there do their work. They're consistent, and that's why they're really really good at what they do. Mm-hmm. And like that is them, and uh, but for whatever reason, you know, uh, well, we know it's just not flashy. Kyle Hendricks again throws 87, but hey, I'll take 87 striking guys out with a mm-hmm. filthy changeup any day of the week. Uh, you can like a lot of different things. Um, so the Marlins, uh, mm-hmm. what did they finish the season like two games over, like mm-hmm. 31 29? Started with a COVID scare. So they had the COVID scare. Oh, what people forget, uh, Marlins almost uh, canceled the 2020 season for everyone else. <laughs> we got uh, both co- both COVID squads are in the postseason. COVID. Think about that, huh? Um, so the Marlins, uh, they had the depleted roster when they came back. They went on a run. They played all those uh, seven, seven inning double headers. I am not, and I, I mean, I don't. Nobody listening to this is going to say like, "Oh, you're you're taking the Marlins uh, for granted or anything," or like they're a pushover. This is an easy matchup because I literally said last Thursday that it doesn't matter who the Cubs face; the way their offense is going, they can lose to anyone. Uh, but thank God they got at least some some confidence back uh, this past weekend, and Chris Bryant was fucking back. Um, but the Marlins, they really have. So they have the starting pitching, but past that, they have like two good starters. And then once you get to the bullpen, bad, mm-hmm. very bad. <laughs> and even more shorthanded now because uh, they lost what's his name uh, to. That's uh, right. They did forearm uh, whatever. Uh, Urania, I think. Urania, yeah, Urania. Who was? I mean, he wasn't great, great, but he was. A, I mean, he's twenty-three innings pitched. I mean. He's a guy that ate a lot of innings this year for him. So a guy that now it's going to be another next man up scenario in the uh, postseason, which is hit or miss for some guys, especially if it's their first opportunity. And again, the Marlins is what their third opportunity, the fir- third postseason appearance ever for the Marlins. They've never lost a playoff they've series. A playoff series. <laughs> Every time they've gone in, they've gone in as a wild card team, which again they did. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so our, like, end sometime sooner or later. So look, and again, uh, so when we did the Sox preview with Zoe, we were talking about how you know, you know, this is like the first time you're seeing them this year for the A's or for the Sox. It was the A's for the Cubs. It's the Marlins. What glancing over, looking over the stats, looking over the players, what anything stand out besides the? I mean, obviously there's Sixto Sanchez and oh, Sandy Alcantara. Sandy Alcantara is going to start Game One. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anything stick out to you? Uh, I think sticks out, you know, those two guys, those are uh, some strikeout guys, both guys, you know, a little bit, un- a little bit less than, you know, strikeout and innings. So they're going to, you know, do that, but they're also guys that um, don't have, you know, they, they do look like they're, there, they're we go. there we go. There's the optimism you want, Kevin. Yes. Romero. Thank you. I love you, Romero. I don't know you, but I love you. Um, but uh, when you look at like what they do well, and they are going to walk some guys, they are going to put some guys on base. I mean, they've got some decent whips, but I mean, six, is a 1.2. It's not bad, but um Alcantara is a 
one nine, not awful. It's pretty solid. But then you look at the, you know you look at their lineup when you're looking offensively, and you've got you know a couple boppers. You know you've got uh, Brian Anderson's got 11 jacks this year. Uh, you know he's got 38 RBIs. He's been really doing it well. But he's at 255. Um, his OPS is excellent. So that's kind of their their guy that you're going to have to beat is Brian Anderson, uh, Aguilar, and Dickerson. You know those three guys are the big boppers in their lineup. Garrett Cooper has a couple jacks too, but I think he has six. But you and you know those guys are they look like a typical 2020 hitter. 255, 258, you know, but then you've got um, Aguilar and Cooper who are sitting at 283 and Rojas at short. We had a 304, you know, you got some guys that are getting on base, but you, you know, I would say that you're looking at Rojas um, and well, he's you now Sorelli's out, so you don't have to worry about him, but then you've got uh, Bertie, you know, those two guys get on base almost four out of 10 times. So keep those guys off base. You know, you got run scores, your run producers are Aguilar, um, obviously the home run guys. And then you got, you know, it kind of drops off from there. So, you know, team average, you know, they're sitting at a typical, you know, they're actually above average. They're 24 points better than the Bear, or the Cubs, you know, at 244. So you're looking at a lineup that, you know, is a, it's kind of not a punch and Judy lineup. You know, they got guys that can, can hit a baseball, um, uh, you know, far. And so that always makes them dangerous. That's what guys like Hendricks are actually good at though. He's got some, he's got some meatballs to throw to, uh, and he doesn't throw meatballs, but he throws two meatballs and he beats meatballs. So I think that, that that's a good matchup for, for, Hendricks, I think you just does what you does anyway. So um, I feel good about the, I think this is the best first round matchup of the Cubs. And but I think, you know, with the way the Marlins stretch out, you know, not a, you know, you got a guys that, uh, you know, I'm looking at some of their exit velocities and their barrel up, you know, their hard hit baseballs. I mean, their best hard hit guys by far, Jesus Sanchez, 64% of the balls that he hits are hard time hit. Out. Time out. This is, this is, this is it. We're only getting one Bartman joke. We're going to get it out of the way now. So ben. ben. Congrats. You did it. You're the first one who did it. Congratulations. And that's our ticket winner, by the way. That's our Cubs ticket winner right there, making the Bartman joke. By the way. Shameful. By the way, speaking of Steve <laughs> Bartman and any joke they wanted to make, we all know what happened in 03, but. So, I don't give a shit. How about that? <laughs> so thanks. Thanks for the reminder. Oh, it's just I keep I keep that on repeat. I play it over and over on my phone when I feel sad. <laughs> uh, I did want to bring this up. So I had I had it backwards actually, talking about uh, Caratini and Game One or Game Two if they were going to go with Darvish because obviously he's uh, Darvish's personal catcher. So Sandy, uh, shout out to uh, Matt Clapp Twitter. Uh, you can follow him at the Blog Finds. Great Cubs follow on Twitter. So Sandy Alcantara, who's going to start Game One? He is terrible against uh, left-handed batters this year. The slash line against him. Uh, this is lefties. Uh, they're hitting 268 with a 366 on base percentage and a 493 uh, slugging percentage. Uh, so that's awesome. Uh, lefties. So you're at the count of the lefties uh, versus righties. He shuts on righties. Uh, 190, 236, 238 slash line against them. So with that, it, we have to go back to the guys who were getting it done early in the season and kind of went on a slump at the end. And those are Ian Happ and Jason Hayward. Those are two lefties. Those are the guys that I mean. Look, but just purely look at the numbers. You have to exploit the matchups here. They're the ones that you're gonna have to produce. Rizzo, Rizzo, who like had like a mini slump, but at least he was like still taking walks. And then once again, he got a roll, started yep. to smash the ball again in Pittsburgh, hit into some bad luck. But at least he, Anthony Rizzo, is always a guy who like goes into a slump, but you're like he's gonna be fine. And at the end, he always just looks fine. So not really worried about him. So Hap Hayward Rizzo. Um, I guess at second base you go with Kipnis, right? You have to go with Kipnis over here corner. I think so. I think you, and again, you go with the veteran. 
you go with a vet that's got some playoff experience too. So, you know, Kitmus has that pedigree a little bit. Um, uh, and you've got obviously just the old, you know, you got, I think you go with your best nine, uh, honestly, plus obviously your starter on the bump, but. Oh, and I forgot Schwarber. Uh, I mean, so it's the entire outfield basically. So the mm-hmm. lefties have to hit Alcantara tomorrow. Yep. Um, big. So like, so like you said, Kipnis, man, uh, I, I guess a quick little sidebar here. We were both on the Nico Horner train this year, but man, <laughs> it just never took off. He had uh, he got hot like the first week, and then it kind of just took a nosedive after that. I see we got a comment from this gentleman by the name of Southside Zo, South Southside Zo, South Sid Ezo, I think Southside Ezo, or is it Southside Zo? I'm not sure. But he's asking where the handsome one is, um, mm. and uh, apparently the handsome one is trying to get his PGA Tour card right now. Um, <laughs> you know, shooting, you know, you know, 100, 105. Uh, you know, on his card, signing his cards at 105. It's right here, Zo. Right here. Oh, let's see. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just joking. So anyway, but yeah, I right. uh, Kip, gotta, gotta go. Kipnis there, just mm-hmm. again. Uh, Horner disappointing. I mean, Harry Baez has been the, uh, finished the season as the worst hitter in the league. Uh, maybe he bets lefty. <laughs> he had that double against uh, Yulmer Sanchez. Um, Let's see. For game two, so again, you Darvish game two. Sixto Sanchez. This guy looks like Pedro Martinez's club. Mm-hmm. Uh, that one's scary, but again, with the matchup, I think I think that's why you – I think that's why we're seeing you, Darvish, honestly, when we go to it. I think it's more about matching up your best with their best. Because um, when you when you look at the two – when you look at the two matchups for game one and game two – you look at like who is more likely to shut down the Cubs and like who is more likely to go toe to toe with the Sixto Sanchez. Mm-hmm. And I think you can make the argument it it is you Darvish. It is you Darvish, yep. Um so in terms of that, I absolutely like it. I, I mentioned it with Zoe. I guess we can talk about it because we haven't been on since the Thursday show. So we didn't really talk about the weekend series against the Sox, but the inconsistency of the offense. And I know they were rolling that series, but man, that because they can just pop up at any time. They can just go back into their slump. But what did you see this week? I saw a lot, a lot of just back to having fun, and you know they actually hit fastballs. Yeah, but and before we jump, before we jump off the uh, uh, to that side of it too, I I think it's very interesting about the Marlins pitching staff. Mm-hmm. Age twenty one, age twenty four, age twenty four, age twenty five, age twenty two. That's their starting rotation age. Bullpen, 35, 33, 32, 33, 33. They're old in the bullpen, and they're young in their starting rotation. And, you know, if the great series, if we don't have to see Mr. Salt, Brandon Kinsler, yeah, we invited you on the show, and you said you didn't want to come on the show, Brandon. I hear wow. you. I hear you, Brandon. I remember you know things. You know but if you're listening, Brandon, hi, we need to go get tacos soon. But uh, anyway, the uh, banned from the show. Banned from the show. Kinsler's 35, man. We've seen what he can do, but you know, he's beatable even if it's he's not a lockdown closer in the in, in the ninth. So I like the Cubs opportunities late in the game too, because you have that looks like an older bullpen, and their bullpen has a couple guys, you know, Hoyt and Bayer, they do a good job. Blyer, they do a good job. Obviously, Kinsler's having a good year as their closer. He's got, you know, 12 saves. He's been doing well, but you know, got some guys with some sixes and some 18s and some fives and some nines sprinkled in there too so um now as far as the cubs are concerned i think the uh 
Sebastian, we could do a Bears live stream. Um, and on that Bears live stream, I will tell you that the White Sox are not going to own the Cubs um, for the next 10 years. Um, Tom Ricketts will. So there's that. The Anyway, the uh, I think that the Cubs were just having some fun. Uh, I think that, you know, when you got Chris Bryant popping chains, for God's sakes, I mean, you've got Chris Bryant cussing. Um, you've got guys in the dugout having some fun again. I think that I think it just goes to show how important that kid is to their group. When, 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 when your best guy, they know he's their best guy. And when your best guy, it's not your guy that's out front. It's not your, you know, Rizzo is the leader. We know that, but it's when your guy that you can, it's, it's when you have your brute force. I mean, let's be honest. Let's let's do a little game of Thrones reference here. Would you rather roll into battle with Jamie Lannister and his gold hand, or would you rather roll into battle with a mountain? You want the mountain ready to go. You want Jamie Lannister ready to go. Zombie mountain. Hmm? No zombie mountain even more. Right. (laughs) <laughs> um, and, and this is Chris Bryant is zombie mountain. He's chain mountain with the zombies, zombie KB. Oh, zombie KB. There we zombie. go. Mountain KB. So anyway, anyway, uh, so yeah, I think I love the dugout. I, again, they, they, they are in consistent offense, but the postseason is, you know, you, you almost want, it's, it's like, again, sometimes you have a bad season. Like, I just can't wait for this season to end. The Cubs can actually realistically say, I can't wait for this season, this regular season to end. So I could start over. Everybody's batting nothing right now. So no more talk about someone hitting 187. No one talking about Javi hitting, you know, 204 or whatever it is. No one's talking about any of that. It's everyone is zero. It's a start, fresh start, clean slate. And the, 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 the switch has to be flipped. And with this lineup and a group like this, that really is, you know, I think there's some Madden, you know, you know, some Madden lingering stuff of the mental game. And I think that the Cubs do look at little benchmarks and they go, they look at, and they, they break the game down into chunks. This is another chunk. You know, the regular season is one part of the trip. Now the postseason is is you know round two. It's the next next stage, and now you can start breaking it down into playoff series, and you know how many wins you got to get to be a world champion, and that's where the Cubs are at now. They can count how many wins it'll take for them to win a World Series now at this point, and now you go for it and you flip that switch, and I think everything changes, and I, I think you'll see a better Javi. Javi's a Javi is a postseason guy. Um, he struggled this year, but you know what? He's going to see that. He's going to flip the switch. No one's going to ask him about his two two hundred four average. He's going to go out there and do Javi stuff. And you get Javi, Chris, you got, you know, and you get obviously Rizzo doing what Rizzo does. You got Hap playing pretty well. You got, you know, you've got the makings of a team that if they, if they do flip this switch and if it wasn't a mirage, the last couple of games of the regular season, you know, can be, can be pretty dangerous. I mean, obviously past that, you know, you're number three when we start figuring out who's going to be the number four, uh, you know, when you get the back end of the rotation in a four, you know, seven game series, that's different. But for now in the three game series, I'm not going to be shocked if the Cubs go out there and, and take two and go home and be good and, and, get ready for the next series that's not going to shock me but you know it's the marlins so they're past it's in the postseason and they're just young enough to be dumb enough and i was going to bring that up because you brought up the uh, ages for the rotation guys and uh going with the just comparing the contrasting two sides uh you know we talked about Hendricks, the postseason experience and he's, he's he's seen it all done it all basically Sandy Alcantara on the other side. This is going to be his first uh, postseason start. And I know it's not the same atmosphere. Obviously, there's no fans. You know, I guess you don't have that. Don't have that uh, pressure. But you know, it is it, the the. Pre- How is? I guess that is a question right now. I should have asked like some. I wonder what the comments were after this that Sox A's or whatever these first uh, games that happened on Tuesday. Like, was it different? Did it feel different? Did they feel like, you know, like now it was postseason time? Like, like how, because we always hear it before. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's like it feels different in the postseason. It is different. You feel it. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder if there was that tangible difference even now, even though there's still no fans. Um, so. But 
Uh, but yeah, no, so no experience on that, on that side. And again, we saw it with an element that could come in. I guess that was very different though. Cause Braylon Marquez came in. That was his very first like MLB appearance. But I was thinking, like, you know, maybe there are some nerves. But, I mean, Alcantara's been, he's been pitching for a while for the Marlins. But I don't – I hate I hate that I – like, I'm I'm almost, like, looking past the Marlins. I don't want to look past the Marlins. Do it. But, like, I know I'm definitely – again, nothing scares me more than the Cubs. Nothing. Nothing at all in terms of the Cubs scares me more than the Cubs offense. So the, only, the only thing that can beat the Cubs is the Cubs themselves. Um, they, they might have already left the bubble. <laughs> Who knows? But, but that's, uh, that's, that's the fun. There's some extra. Ju- Willie P says it right. There's some extra juice. You wake up in the morning on playoff to baseball day. It's different. Bre- everything breakfast hits different. The drive to the ballpark, or in Dave Ross's case, the walk to the ballpark with the co- you know grabbing coffee on the way in. It hits different. Everything hits different. Every little step you take, you're like, this is a playoff step today. This is not just a regular season step. This is a playoff step. And you got a little bit of pep in your step, and you roll in the ballpark, and everybody feels it. And especially when you're at home and you're in your home routine, um, I just I, I'm curious to see, man. It, it's you know you roll the dice a little bit. I'm optimistic. You never you don't know until you know that, it, and that you know, and it takes what it takes to win a playoff series. So I don't give a crap if it's one to nothing or fifteen to fourteen. Win, just find ways to win. And if you can do that, there's a lot of baseball left for 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 this Cubs team if they can continue to find you know. And they have been grinding this. They they won, you know. They won the division hitting 220 as a team. You tell me that happened, how rare that is. So they find ways to win. So that's a, a positive in the Cubs column for this. So if they can just keep finding ways to win, you know, they're going to frustrate the hell out of you sometimes. But you know what? Uh, if they get shut out in yes. one game and win three, so what? Like get shut out, win three or whatever, win four. Shutouts are going to happen. But, you know, the fan base needs to keep their wheels on it a little bit too. If, if the Cubs get shut out in a game, it's one game. It, it's the game doesn't carry over. If you score 15 runs, you don't get a couple of those runs tomorrow either. If you get shut out on, on Wednesday, you Thursday's all brand new. You got to just, you got to take it as you goes. It's a loss is a loss is a loss in the postseason. It doesn't matter how ugly it is or how close it is. It's a loss. And you're one closer, one step closer to being done. So I think the self-preservation aspect when teams are, you know, when, when it becomes an elimination moment, when they know their seasons at, you know, at the end, and if they don't produce it, it will finish for them. I think that changes how guys, approach the game. I, I really do. I think that they, they do show up. But I think Javi actually shows up to the park, stretches early, gets ready early, doesn't wait till the fourth inning. You mentioned the low batting average, 220. It was embarrassing. The entire NL Central was like 226, 223. The Cubs and Pirates were at 220. Uh, the Reds were at 212. Uh, some disgustingly low uh, batting averages from the NL Central. Four out of those five teams in the playoffs. Uh, that just goes to show how great the pitching was uh, this year. Now, we mentioned that last week, how uh, looking at the AL and NL, the uh, two divisions, just great pitching up and down for the most part, for the most part. Um, but so going back, going to this past weekend against the Sox, you know, we, they finally, we finally saw them snap out of it, actually score. And that was on the backs of hitting home runs. Uh, I know not everyone likes it. I know you can't just like depend on it. Um, but that's what, that's how the Cubs are built. They have to, they're not a high hitting average team. They have to draw walks. That's how they get on base. And then after that, they have to hit home runs. They did that against the White Sox. They didn't do it for like the past seven weeks before that. The weather. <laughs> I, brought up, I brought it up before we started. Great equalizer. Mother nature. Can you, that. Can you bring that up, you bring that up uh, real quick, Kevin? Oh, sure. Let me uh, 
when you do that, let me let me look that up because I saw something earlier where it was a ridiculous amount of times where that, do that? The, uh, that the Cubs played when they when the Cubs played at Wrigley Field in September that the wind was blowing in just like almost every game, <laughs> and we saw we saw the offense struggle a lot. Uh, let's see here. I but just yeah, want to no, make sure I that I open up the wrong a, browser window. That would, uh, ne- what? Oh, never mind. <laughs> huh? uh, just like as a general uh, thing for the weather, though, it's going to be windy. Mm-hmm. We're going to see rain Wednesday and Thursday. The Cubs are scheduled to strike game one Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central time. I don't know if that's going to happen. Uh- <laughs> Forecast calls for the 1 p.m. for the first amount of 21 miles an hour winds from north by northwest. Showers. 35% chance of rain at that point. Um, windy, 62 degrees. <laughs> I mean, it's it's one thing for me to be 62 degrees. It's another thing to be 62 degrees, rainy and windy. It's freaking miserable. It's it's miserable. It's wet and cold. And look, how many players on each roster are from warm weather places? The Marlins are coming from warm weather. Cubs have played a lot. Climbing from warm weather. Warm weather guy, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rizzo. I mean, Rizzo is a Miami guy. Uh huh. Baez is a Florida guy. Uh, I guess Schwarber is an Indiana boy, though, too. So, you know, Schwarber's from the Midwest, but, uh, you know, Hayward, Atlanta guy or Mm -hmm. a Georgia guy. Mm -hmm. So we got some guys that are going to be, I mean, again, this is going to be, it's a war of attrition, too. You know, it's it's crappy out. Even better, the toughest team's going to win. The mentally strong team will win. And, I'd like to believe that the Cubs, because they have the, the veteran aspect of their roster compared to the youthfulness of the of the Marlins, that the Cubs' mental toughness is going to carry them through. But the Marlins have shown they could be mentally tough coming back this season after mm-hmm. the COVID stuff. So there is some there is some mental toughness in that Marlins dugout. You don't want to you know you want to tip your cap on it to a group that you know could have very easily just tapped it in and, and just just said you know let's just get out of here. This is a wash, and they didn't. They made the postseason instead. They ended other people's seasons and. Uh, you gotta, you gotta at least give the credit to that, you know, where credit's due. Um, and they have obviously learned from their mistakes too. So, you know, you obviously, it's not like the Cardinals going to a casino in this case, uh, <laughs> let them get knocked out, screw them. But, um, and this isn't always the case, just going back to the games and how they set up the flow of them, what you want to see for some teams, it, you don't want to see their bullpen at all. And uh, we already brought up how they really don't. I mean, they have Kinsler, they have a couple, just a couple guys who, who have been decent. Mm-hmm. But overall, overall uh, the Marlins bullpen has been atrocious. Let me look it up here. What these splits are. So overall, this year, twenty twenty, the Marlins rank Marlins bullpen. Let me keep scrolling here. Marlins bullpen. Where are they? Well, are the Marlins bullpen actually better? Where is it? Where is it? Mar- Here we go. They have a 5.50 ERA, 26th in Major League Baseball. So the Cubs have to get, because early on, it's not like the Cubs were like, the offense was actually good at the first week. But after that, when they were still winning games, what were they doing? They're working counts. They're getting to that bullpen early. You know, they were working that start. The starter was like at 40 pitches in the like second inning, third inning. That's exactly what you want to do. And again, you have a guy making his first postseason start. Maybe he has the butterflies. Maybe he's he gets jittery out there. Work those counts. Don't chase. Follow those pitches off. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know he throws hard. I think he's averaging like 97 miles per hour. That's going to be a key. I want to see how much movement there is on those pitches. I want to see if the weather affects. Maybe the weather affects him. Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks, he's pitched at Wrigley Field a lot. 
He's, he knows the conditions. He knows how crap he can get. We're and you look at that. We're talking about guys good. coming from uh, Miami, from South mm-hmm. Beach, yep. indoor stadium, going to, in, out into the elements. Mm-hmm. And you got the you got a bullpen, you got a pitching staff too that's progressively actually uh, over the last twenty eight days has gone downhill. Um, they went from a four four point eight six ERA and you know in going into September, uh, and in the last twenty nine days they've gone you know a five three ERA. 14 days, you know, 508. So it looks like they got a little better. And then the last seven days, they got a 570 ERA. They have given up 41 runs in their last 60 innings of pitched. So, you know, in their last seven, what, seven games. So they're, they're, they're giving up some, you know, six runs a game, six, six and a half runs a game now at this point. Um, it could be the wall that they, you know, it'd be, it'd be in a perfect world, they're hitting the wall from having to play those early double headers. And they're finally, you know, their bodies are giving out a little bit. Um, but man, this toughness is going to be again. I mean, my God, you're going to get a delayed game. I, I can almost assure you that with this weather, you're going to get a game that's going to be supposed to start at one, going to end up starting at four, and it's going to be 20 miles an hour, still yucky, still 62, and you're going to be playing into 59 degree weather eventually. Uh, it's going to get below you know 60 at some point during that ball game if it gets it gets pushed at all, and that's going to be dead ball. That's going to be manufactured runs. That's going to be that's going to be for the the guys like Ian Happ, the guys that hit gaps because it's going to be hard to leave the yard tomorrow. I think with the wind pushing North by Northwest, you know, it would pretty, pretty good. Um, it's not going to play straight tomorrow. So it's going to be shit. <laughs> warm up, find a way, huddle up together, get snuggly. This team, it's a close team, right? Well, social distance my ass this time, get together, snuggle up, finish the job. But that's going to be a, that's going to be tough, but they are, uh, they, that bullpen looks like it's fading a little bit, or that that staff looks like it's fading a little bit. Not even I keep saying bullpen, it's staff, but they do struggle against righties uh, compared to looks like compared to lefties. Uh, lefties kill them, yeah. Lefties are hitting two eighty eight against the Marlins, so that's a that's a good lineup. I think we were talking about with Kipnis, right? With yeah, you have to you're gonna have to get those guys going again, uh, especially man. If Schwarber again, I talk about a guy who shows up in the postseason. I think he set like the. Cubs like home run record his rookie season, mm-hmm. uh, his like first uh, playoff run in t- 2015. Uh, but again, Alcantara game one, no pushover. He has a three 3.00 ERA this year in seven starts. He was an All Star pitcher last year. So, um, the other point I wanted to bring up. So I think we're pretty. You sound pretty confident that they could be just one two bam. You or Kyle and you get it done. Cubs go on, right? I think so. I think so. I think a game one is everything. If you take game one, I think the Cubs have a, like, I think that you, you have a, I would say Cubs are going to be a, probably a, you know, a minus 200 minus 220 favorite at that point. You're, you're going to have to lay 22 to win 10. I think that's where that's going to go. If they can, if they win game one, because game one, you smells blood and you goes out there without any pressure compared to going out there, maybe in an elimination game, you go out there in a game where you're on house money already. Guys like him go out there and play loose and they go out there and just carve um, and they get loose and they get going. And so I think that, you know, that's why Hendricks is such an important start. If he set, if he, if he set, if he does like a Lucas Giolito and he goes out there and sets the tone in game one and allows the Cubs offense to get settled, not feel pressure, put up a couple of runs and feel like they're cruising and in, in, in control. If the Cubs feel dominant, they're going to play dominant. And that's, it seems to be like the running theme with this group is when they feel good and they feel confident, they are hard to beat when they are struggling and they feel like they're in the dumps, everything spirals and it gets, you know, we've seen the wheels come off. I don't know how many dozen times with this group just over the last couple of years. Um, and so it's a matter of just keeping mor- morale high and we need Dom more than ever now. No, um, your boy, <laughs> but it's, it's, it, that's the key is this, you know, have fun. We're lucky to have postseason baseball in 2020. We're lucky to have Cubs postseason baseball at all. So we should, you know, I, I think that they appreciate that as well, considering all they've gone through 
And they, I think they're just ready and chomping at the bit to start the second season and flip the switch and go. I think that that's a, that's a huge part of this Cubs lineup. I think that they're going to go in there confident and they're feeling that they, they flushed it. They're able to get a fresh start. And that, I think for some of these teams, the Cubs and the Reds specifically, that fresh start is everything because it's been up and down and negativity and people just outside of their minds in an already very stressful you know year. So this is good for them. This is real good for them. It sets up um, well. It sets up well. And now a word from our sponsors. So this was the state I was talking about earlier, and this is uh, from EJ Block on Twitter. So the seven inning games this year, the Marlins were ten and four. Mm-hmm. Uh, nine inning games, eighteen and twenty three. So obviously that tells me when once you go deeper, you get into that bullpen, they're a lot more beatable. Um, now let's just say, hypothetically speaking, Cubs lose one of the first two. There's a game three. Let's just hope they don't lose the first two. Let's say there is a game three. We already know that John Lester is going to start. He's going to hit the ball. The Marlins have a one a one eleven WRC plus against left-handed pitchers this year. They're like at eighty eight against righties, so they they they're bad against righties and pretty good against lefties. We've seen John Lester struggle with lineups that can hit lefties this year, and obviously he just doesn't have the stuff anymore. He has to rely on location. He has to rely on good defense. And, you know, he didn't get that on Saturday against uh, the White Sox. A couple plays that should have been made. And, again, that was another game where, like, the wind was just whipping around on the south side. But the leash has to be really short, right? I think so. I mean. Like, like a very, like, first instance of trouble. <laughs> you know, and you really, I want to see how the Marlins do against Kyle Hendricks. Mm-hmm. If the Marlins look like doo-doo against Kyle Hendricks, that opens the door for you to really think about going with with Mills after a Darvish because you're going soft, hard, soft again. And so no, it's, see, that's it's, the thing. I don't think I don't, whatever guys you're going to use after Hendricks or you, I don't think it's any guys that you would consider using after Luster because I think you you're, you're you have to plan you have to plan for like Luster not going as deep. Right, right, that too. But you got Alzale for that, so yeah. I don't know. I mean, this is this is going to be a decision that's going to be tough on on David Ross, even especially because him and, and John Lester are so I'm, close. I'm glad he has had practice though. Yes, <laughs> him out early a few times. Early. Yep. And but this is a guy that you know he wants to believe in, in the best that he, he has shown his faith in his guys all season long through thick and thin. He's been throwing them out there, same lineup constantly, constantly, constantly. Um, so I'm curious to see David Ross and how he handles his, his, his buddy, his, his, you know, his, he was his backstop for a long, long, long time. And so he knows his own guy. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of, uh, of, of uh, major league, except a little bit vice versa, instead of going with, you know, what if, what if John, you know, Rossi gives the, uh, the old speech and instead of sending Rick Vaughn to the bullpen, he sends John Lester to the bullpen. And so you don't get you know, <laughs> the old guy that's grabbing at his, uh, his, his Crisco and his sleeve. And you got, you know, you got the young pup going out there and getting it. But, you know, David Ross is going to have to make that decision. And in the end, uh, whatever decision he makes, the Cubs will have to live with it and they'll have to make, you know, they'll have to stand behind it. And if you go to game three, you have a short hook on no matter. It's a playoff game. You have a short hook on everybody. Um, everybody gets a short hook. Honestly, if Hendricks doesn't have it. You, like, I think the hooks are different though. It's true. I mean, you Darvish's hook is very different. You Darvish, because you Darvish, it happens for him in like two seconds and he gets fixed again. And then he's back right. But like even for Kyle Hunter, like like okay, like so let's talk it out. Like so like what would be your quick like what would what would you consider a quick hook for Hendricks for game one? Um hard hit baseballs. One. If they're if they're spraying it, peppering it around the yard hard, he's not they're they're not fooled. Um command issues, obviously, which is not him. 
Um, and I think that if he, if he's, if he is going out there and he's working into con- constant jams, that's not a Kyle Hendricks thing either. He's not a guy that, you know, turns into Harry Houdini. He goes out there and he, he usually doesn't work himself into bad situations. So if he's constantly working himself into some bad situations, there's a red flag. And if he gets a situation where one swing makes it a five, six run game, that's when you got to go, you got to pull him. You got to pull him in a situation where the one swing might make the game untenable. I so let me, good. let me put out this situation. Let's say it's fifth inning Cubs, Cubs are down two one. Uh, Hendricks is at 80 pitches, uh, runners at first and second, nobody out. Leaving him in, or are you just taking him out? Again. That's what you know. I, I, okay, let's just say, I don't know, uh, single and a walk to start the fifth. Piss rod or ground ball? Uh, like, not Nothing too bad. Just base hit to left on the ground. Solidly hit, but like not, a, not like a 100-mile-per-hour line drive. Okay, so just like a like a ah, I just barely missed like the it was, spot. It was like no, it was like a yeah, like missed spot, solid hit to left, and then you know loses a guy. So now you got first and second, nobody out. Cubs are down two one. It's the fifth inning, pitch counts in the eighties. What do you do? Yeah, you go, you, you pull. I think you pull. See, um, I don't. I I stick with the guy because <laughs> I think because the because who are you bringing in then? Well, it, it, it's me. <laughs> Here's the thing with postseason baseball too. You don't always use your. I mean, the Cubs don't have a traditional closer this year anyway. So you do, you use your best guy in your best spot. Um, and so, you know, there's one dude in that Cubs bullpen that hasn't given up a run in September. That's true, but I don't think I, I don't think I'm going to Kimbrel in a dirty, dirty Craig. I'm not using Craig Kimbrel in a dirty inning because that's a guy who, as great as he can be, he can just walk another guy too. Sure. Yeah, Jeff, Jeffers, Jeffers has been really good in those situations though as well. Jeffers and has been um, but you know, see, that's that's one of those cases. Uh, there was a, a little small debate going on today when uh, you know, just talking about what could happen, the leashes for guys. And I think in those cases, it, it would be the same thing with you, Darvish. The same thing's happening with him, just because at, at that point, I still think your best option to get out of it is the guy you have in the mound, unless, of course, it's just like line drives and looks like completely missing his spots. Um, but yeah, this this is why uh, I guess managers get uh, paid the big bucks, right? Uh, for situations like that. <laughs> and they got numbers, they got matchups too. So you're gonna play some matchups, you know. And that's the thing is the analytics that they have are far better than what we have. We have guts, and you know, baseballreference.com and baseballsavant.com. That's right. He's, he's got a lot more analytics, <laughs> and he's got more spray charts. He's got you know, they know the trend, the trends, and the tendencies. So I think do you, you know, know? The nice thing about having the 48 hours is they can really put up a good game plan, and and you know. They know. They know what we don't know. Do you know what David Ross thinks about what we say during a game? He thinks we're all dumbasses. So I don't give a shit. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) That's on repeat all day. What is this long comment? (laughs) Uh, The Sox will not own the Cubs for the next 10 years. It is mathematically impossible. You were assuming that they will pay Giolito when he's ready to come free agent. Uh, the Yankees are dead to take him. Eli has six years left uh, after this year. Robert's seven, so unless you think the Sox are paying for all these uh, all these guys by year seven or eight, and you're hoping they'll keep singing at the draft in the top twenty, you will we'll see how serious they are. They pay the can. Julius runs catcher. All right. Oh my god, that's a, that's. I was like um, too long getting read. I mean, wow, that's a a whole diatribe. Facebook baby, I. I haven't uh, been in a comment section on Facebook in years, but that's where it is. Uh, <laughs> I think that's something from an earlier comment that said the Sox 
will own the Cubs? Yeah, for the next 10 years. So that was just a response. <laughs> just Amazing. really long. It's like Amazing. War and Peace. For, for uh, posts. So it's he, like the War and Peace of posts right there. You mentioned his name earlier, and I think it is the first guy that should come after John Lester. If John Lester can't go deep, or no matter, I think no matter what, uh, John Lester goes five innings, he goes six innings. I want the next guy out there. I want it to close out because obviously it would be a game three. You have to win that game. I want to see Edward Elzelay out there. Edward Elzelay, so he went he went like up and down five times this year. Um, I had no clue what the hell the Cubs were doing. I was like, just keep him if you're not. Because he was basically just starting their doubleheader games. Um, he had one relief appearance. He had two relief appearances, one before like the last stretch when he, when he finally stayed up. It was against the Reds. It was that game uh, when... Who was it? Antone threw at uh, Rizzo. Mm-hmm. Who did he throw at? Somebody. When they had the, the little scuffle, and then Ross came out to argue. Vado got thrown out. How did you guys get? Edward Azalade went to South Bend the last time in September. Got some help from the coaches. Learned a new pitch. Slider. Came out. Dominated against the Pirates. Had like a career high seven strikeouts against them in a relief appearance. Comes back out, starts the the regular season finale against the Sox, and again, we can say it did it did it didn't really mean much a lot. I mean, obviously, you're always trying to win, but the Sox, and again, the Sox could have won the division if they won on Sunday. So that game did mean something for them. Alzale went out there, set a new career high with eight strikeouts. Didn't really use the slider as much, but he showed. <laughs> If he has, if he now has what, because he has the two seamer that he also worked down this off season, and in South Bend, he has the slider now, and then he has that fast. He has the four seamer too that he can like pump in there at ninety seven whenever he wants. So Edward Alzlay, uh, X Factor. Uh, there's always a guy that will surprise you during a postseason run, and I think it's going to be Edward. I want him. He. I've said it for. I don't know how long, but I, I still have hope. I still have some hopes that he can be a starter. Maybe he's not like the top of the rotation arm that we thought a couple years ago because he had some injuries, but I think he's still going to be a quality guy. But for mm-hmm. now, if he can just be your guy who comes in for like just shuts you down for two innings, mm-hmm. be your like what Josh Hader was a couple years ago for the Brewers. Ooh. <laughs> and we're, we're forgetting that we have Q there too. We have that meat lovers pizza in the yeah, trunk as well. That's right. So. We got we got Q, you know, finally, you know, hopefully using plastic cutlery in the postseason uh, while also maintaining social distance. But hopefully he's going to he'll come back and he can he can he can maintain and do some jobs, too. He's another guy that you can go to as an innings eater. If so, if you don't want to use some of your top of the line guys, if it happens to be like a boat race, um, you know, either way, if the Cubs take a huge lead and it's time to go, you can use a guy like Q. Who can he can bridge some innings too that you don't have to use your 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 high intensity guys your high your you know your pivotal moment guys and so um, to have though have at least two guys that can kind of come in and in a three game series you got all hands on deck but yep. the Cubs do have multiple options to eat some innings if it doesn't go well or if it goes really well and so obviously in a starter situation you want a starter to go as long as possible when they're when they're doing well but if they get lit too you've got options to extend and, and eat innings and that's huge in the postseason. Not just for this series, you know, you still have to keep a little bit of your gaze a little bit beyond just the three game set because you want to make sure that you're not just rolling in. But you do need to handle your business first. But you still got to keep your eye uh, a little bit into the future to see to make sure your pitching stuff still lines up uh, for the next series as well. You want to make sure that you're not just, you know, going for the World Series in the first series. 
Another another pitcher you mentioned earlier, and I'll ask just point blank. Should David Ross keep the status quo? And it's basically we've seen it's basically been Jeremy Jeffries as the closer. Or does David Ross go, hey, Craig Kimbrell has been fucking amazing. He's the guy now. Or do you just go, nope, we're gonna keep it as is. Because Kimbrell, Kimbrell, for the most part, he's been pitching the eighth inning now, or mm-hmm. just like as setup rule. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you go with matchups, but you know, I think if David Ross feels most comfortable with Jeffers, you go, you go with Jeffers. You look, it's a great problem to have. You have two guys that can shut the door easily. You can just you get a starter that can give a seven, um, or a starter that can get it into the seventh, and then have a guy like you know maybe get an out or two, like the, like in the White Sox game today, um, and then you just you close the door in the eighth and ninth with a Kimbrell Jeffers. I mean, my goodness. That that's a, that's a that's a game over if the, they throw the way that they've been throwing, you know, this, especially in the last couple of weeks. So that's I, I mean, why that's why that Rowan Wick. I don't think we really talked about it that much uh, near the end of the season. That's why that Rowan Wick injury hurt so much because mm-hmm. you could have really shortened the game. You could have got how Kimberly's mm-hmm. been going. And I know Jeffrey's the number. The peripheral is only great because he has he does walk a lot of guys and he does give up a lot of hard contact. But he he's just a guy who just gets out of it. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he finds ways. He does he. He can man- manipulate uh, batters up there. <laughs> More wins but, than, than John Lester. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. John Lester made <laughs> that pitch. To- and that's the other thing with John Lester. I I know it seems like, and I I think for the past few episodes I've been like kind of shitting on him, but it whatsoever would not surprise me if all of a sudden John Lester goes out there, and goes like six innings, gives up one run. Like because I remember back in 2018, it was a similar thing where at near the end, or like he had good numbers in 2018, but like everything else looked bad. He wasn't really striking out. That, that's like when the decline first started for him. The, the the walks were up. The strikeouts were going down. He was giving up a lot of hard contact, getting pretty lucky. But he was still getting outs, getting wins. The ERA was uh, like in the threes. Uh, but then it got some point like in August, early September, where he wasn't he wasn't getting lucky anymore. But then he got a couple good starts. And mm-hmm. then he had that, the wild card game against the Rockies. He only gave up one run. I think it was the very first inning. Uh and then you just shut down the Rockies after that that brutal extra inning games when the Cubs only scored one run. Um, but yeah, uh, so with John Lester, I would I'm not banking. I don't think he can go if there is a a game three. I don't think he can go in there and be like, oh yeah, no, John Lester. It's the postseason guarantee. He's going to step up. Mm-hmm. I don't think you can go with that, but I wouldn't be surprised either. Um, but as you said, Quintana, uh, Alzale get a couple long guys and go like three innings for you if need be. Uh, I think you go for the throw. I, I just want. I just want to see. I, trust some of your young guys. Come on, Cubs. Uh, I know. Um, you know it, it, in the end, it's going to fall on the shoulders of Kyle Hendricks and you, Darvish. Yes, this, this postseason right. is one hundred percent on their shoulders. If they carve and they do their job, and the offense does decent, the Cubs should. You know, in three games, three game series, the Cubs should take care of it in two. In a four game series, you could you should be able to get four out of that mix and match, you know, kind of thing, you know, and if, you know, if wherever the, whatever the series is with those two guys, if you have those two guys as your bookend, you, you're in, you're in good shape, but it's going to fall on those guys. It really, it, it, you know, you, you don't want to put pressure and expectations on guys, but let's be honest. If those two guys don't perform this postseason is going to be fast. It'll be a blink of an eye and it'll be uh let's talk about the, the three and no bears. So we, um, we said it, we said it, uh, Previewing the regular season, the rotation is going to be carried by Yu Darvish and Kyle Hendricks. For the most part, it was. Uh, we got some okay strides from Alec Mills. It's, I mean, the entire rotation was like great for the first like what three weeks, whatever mm-hmm. it was, uh, and then it kind of 
evened out, except for those two guys. And what do they do? They carry the rotation. They have to do it again in the postseason. You are absolutely correct. You to pitch well and hit home runs. That's how you win playoff baseball. I know we like the small ball, and occasionally that does. Hey, if you're in a low-scoring game, we saw that with, what was it, last week when Baez just, like, randomly dropped a sack or a RBI bunt to get things going for the Cubs that one game. But, you know, get, you have to for, hit for power and just have to outpitch the other team. Kevin, we you have to find pitch. ways to score. You just have to find ways to score. It doesn't have to be long ball either. It could be gap cities. It's got to be – you've got to be able to – you've got to move the line in the postseason. It's easier that way. It is way easier when you're hitting home runs. Yeah. But well, if you're I'm not, saying, if you're, the, okay. The, I, this always gets misconstrued. I'm not saying like, oh yeah, no, it's easier to go up there and hit home runs. Obviously it's not. <laughs> no, but this is what this Cubs team is built for is to hit no. the long ball. So like, they need to do what they're built for. Because uh, you, it's the postseason. So you're, for the most part, you're going to be facing better pitching. All the pitchers that you're going to have suffered mm-hmm. in the Marlins bullpen, you're facing great pitchers out there. It is harder to just wreck up an, uh, a rally with like three, four hits against great pitching than it is getting a walk, mm-hmm. a single, and then a home run. Right. Uh, that, that's the point I, I make with uh, postseason. It is, it is easier in the sense of it's easier than just getting like four or five hits in an inning against great pitching. Um, mm-hmm. But Kevin, me and Zoe did picks uh, Monday night. Let's hear your picks for the entire MLB 2020 playoffs. Let oh, me gosh. get that. Bracket yeah, up here. Uh, bracket, just yeah. recap. Uh, Zoe had. I'll put it up right here. Uh, Zoe had the. So had the Rays and the Dodgers, I believe. I think he had the Dodgers. I had the Dodgers as well. I had the Dodgers over the Indians. Uh, I had the Indians beating the White Sox in the ALCS. He had the Rays beating the White Sox, I believe. Um, is that right? I mean. He had the he had the Rays in the World Series. That's all I remember. <laughs> he had the Rays in the World Series in the AL. I had the Indians. We both had the Dodgers. We both picked the Dodgers. Um, so let's start. Where do we want to start off? AL or NL? Uh, we can go with AL. Um, all right. So Tampa Bay. Oh, I guess we'll, let's go with the game that already happened. So the first two games. So the Astros came back and beat the Twins. So they just have to win one more. Games are in Minnesota. What do you got? Uh, I still think the Twinkies are going to win that series. I think they're going to come back. Um, so uh, that's a, you know, I'm taking that just because I don't want to be a cheater and just take the team that's winning the series. So I'm going to take the underdog on that one. <laughs> I think the White Sox are going to, you know, I, I did already, you know, I said this in our message last night. I think the Sox win this A series. Um, I think that today was proof that they're a superior squad. Um, I think, <laughs> I hate to say, I, I think the Indians are going to sting the, the, the Yankees. Um, mm-hmm. I think that the Indians are playing well right now. So I think that that really plays well into them. Um, and then I think Tampa Bay is going to easily take care of uh, the Blue Jays. I think that's going to be a, a no-brainer there. Um, so then I think you got Tampa Bay beating the Indians and the ALDS. Um, I think you got White Sox and Twinkies, and I think the White Sox beat the Twinkies. And I think in an ALCS, God, I'm you know if you'd asked me to do this about 24 months ago, I'd tell you you're insane. I'm going to go White Sox over Tampa Bay in the ALCS, and I'm going White Sox in the World Series. I think I think that the White Sox are going to own San Diego when they're down there uh, playing in that ALCS, and they're going to they're going to earn their way into a World Series appearance. Uh, so one quick note on the uh, Twins and Astros. Uh, so Zoe and I both picked uh, the Twins as well. <laughs> I had completely forgotten about that the uh, Twins were in a 16 game playoff losing streak. That is 17. a 
That is, oh yeah, that is now up to 17 after their loss on Tuesday. Uh, I may want to change that pick. Um, so over to the NL. Let's okay. go. Let's go at the bottom here. So you're going with the Cubs, right? All right. So well, yeah, going with Cubs over Marlins in two. And then Braves, um, Reds. Reds. I think the Reds win the first. This this short series plays for the Reds. Reds beat the Braves, which sucks for the Cubs for the second for the NLDS. It's going to be tough. All right. So let's go up top. Dodgers. We have the Dodgers and the Brewers. I go Dodgers. Brewers. I go Dodgers. Uh, Dodgers are going to get get it, get it done in the first series. Uh, it's not time for them to do their annual season choke. Uh, not yet, not yet. Um, and so, and then I got St. Louis getting their butts whipped by the Padres, who is a, yes. they're young, dumb. Clevenger went out and threw, I think he threw a pen today. You might be getting him back soon. Uh, and so from there we go to the NLDS. I got Padres beating the Dodgers. That's my, that's my big one right there. I got the Padres upsetting the Dodgers in a, in a game, in a, in a game that in a series that is just epic because I think that the Padres are just young enough. And I think the Dodgers are just exposed enough as being the juggernaut that the underdog somehow finds a way to, you know, David hits him in the forehead with the stone and takes him out. So there you got Padres going to the NLCS. And I think the Cubs in the red, I think the Cubs sting Bauer. I think the Cubs struggle with gray. I think the Cubs still take the series. And I think the Cubs go to the NLCS and in the NLCS, we got a rematch of 1984. The wave is banned because there's no jackhole fans doing the wave all over. Um, And uh, I think the Cubs go out and I think in a good series, I think the Cubs beat the Padres in six, and we've got our Red Line World Series Redline for World the first time in history, what I've been calling for since the beginning of the year, uh, Cubs, Sox, World Series. And I think in a six-game series, the Cubs beat the White Sox on a walk-off single from Chris Bryant. <gasps> and everybody in the world, their minds explode, meatballs melt, and uh, all of a sudden, all is right in the world. Puppy dogs start playing with cats and, um, you know, the world is, 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 is right as it should be. So that's just me. I'm a dreamer though. Uh, hopefully the Cubs just get past the Marlins, but Kevin, I do, uh, red line world series in the worst way. I think it would be absolutely fantastic for the city of Chicago to have a red line world series, have the bears be like five and Oh six and Oh at the time. And just great for, great for a city that's been hit hard uh, over the last couple of months. I think that you guys, I think, I think Chicago as a whole deserves it um, as a family. So I want a red line world series. And I think I believe that it can happen. I think if there's ever been a year where it can happen this year is that year. Um, it might not be this close ever again. I think that we got to go for it. So I think uh, as fans, we should just be rooting both teams on as much as it sucks the root for the other, you know, the South Siders or the North Siders, blah, blah, blah. Redline World Series means it's all our house. Major League Baseball is our house together. And the rest of it, we can figure out who sleeps in what room. <laughs> but let's get that Redline World Series first, and then we can let everybody beat each other's ass for a little bit. I think it'll be now, blast. Now, are you going to be saying that if the Sox sweep the Cubs and like KB made, like, is terrible at the <laughs> Yeah, that means the no, World I series. about it Monday night, and we're like, and, and and it's not just you, Kevin. It's like if any anyone who says like, you know, it would be great to have a Cubs Sox World Series, and like it would be great to have, be so much fun. And Zoe and I both said it's going to be so much fun until your side loses, because after that, you are never going to hear the end. You are never Zoe or Kevin. You are going to go insane on Twitter because no. no matter what. No, it doesn't matter. Like Chris Bryant can win like the next 10 MVPs after this year. The Cubs can be great. It won't matter because the first comment you're always going to get couldn't be the Sox in the World Series. (laughs) That comment that we got earlier in in like Facebook, that's going to be every day for the rest of eternity. You know what, though? (laughs) You know, for those few days before the series. No, no, 
it's not going to be few days before it gets into you know it's over. It's such a such a special few days <laughs> until the disaster. It's like the calm. It's like eating that really good meal. You know, you get that really special last dinner meal before you go to the electric chair. Um, and then the electric chair breaks and you don't actually die, so you just get burned. And next, and then you get, they turn it back on again, like in Green Mile. That's basically what that's going to be. But you know what? It's it'd be good for Chicago. And look, I am it would a, be I'm, a tiebreaker, right? I'm not a sore loser. Three? Yeah, yeah, and I'm not a sore loser, man. I would tip my cap, and uh, you wear what you wear, man. Uh, if 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 the Cubs <laughs> lose in a World Series against the White Sox, both teams made the you know they made the World Series. They they both got an opportunity to to, to go at it, and I think that in the end that'll be a two week period for Chicago where it's it's a it's a, it's going to be a civil war a little bit like in in, a, in but civil like it should be civil. I mean, I guess it won't be. Some people are always meatballs, but I just I don't know. I, I think it would be enjoyable to see the people that have Cubs socks. Everyone's a meatball. I've gotten to know a lot of these, you know, the White Sox Twitter guys, you know, and, and White Sox Twitter people um, for, for over the last couple of months, especially. And, you know, there's a little part of me that wouldn't be completely sad. And I would actually be very happy for them. Now, Cubs beat them. <laughs> I'm going to give you two words and it might be one word, but it's teabag. Um, so <laughs> that, that's where that will head anyway. So just as, as much as I expect to get it, if the Cubs were to make it and, and the White Sox were to make it and they were both to play. I would expect them to teabag, and uh, I, they would expect me to teabag, and you to teabag. That's that's the beauty of the rivalry. But in the end, to own to own Major League Baseball for a year is something that would be something for the history books. It's twenty twenty. This freaking year is crazy and weird as it is. It would be the perfect year in baseball poetry to have that kind of weird World Series matchup where Chicago we have a red line series um, in a shortened COVID season. I think that's really cool. You know, a guy can dream, I guess. But in the end, it's a matter of who can take the Dodgers out. The Dodgers in the National League are are seemingly at least according to most of the experts nobody we might as well not play we might as well just let the dodgers go immediately do not pass go do not collect 200 dollars. just go directly to the uh world series because they're that good and that's where i think that someone's going to sting them i just you feel it you feel it coming and i think it's going to be a padres because the padres know them better than anybody else in this postseason and they're not scared of them anymore i think they played them tough too they're head-to-heads this season mm-hmm. um they're not scared of them and that's a huge thing. You don't get caught in the pinstripes when you're playing the Yankees, and you don't get caught, I don't know, staring at the empty Chavez Ravine. I got nothing Ooh. like it. The, blue, the Dodger blue. Yeah, and I'm stuck in Dodger fan hell over here. So <laughs> I'd rather just the Cubs not even have to face them in an NLCS because the NLCS, when the Cubs beat them, they were still insufferable. And then in the NLCS, when they beat the Cubs, <laughs> yeah, I'm talking to you, Chris Connors. Sorry, uh, buddy of mine. <laughs> the worst. But it'll be fun. But in the end, it's about, you know, I think the Cubs got to really take care of business with the Marlins. I think that the Reds are extremely dangerous. I would not be shocked if it's Red Dodgers, Reds Dodgers as well in the NLCS. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Reds beat the Dodgers. Good pitching beats good hitting all day long. And so mm-hmm. you, you, you catch lightning in a bottle, you know, that, that Reds team can be very scary too when they're playing well. And uh, they got a pretty good bullpen too. They got some really gamers. Um, but that pesky Brewer team... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, Yumper's right because I think in the 2018 NLCS they went to seven. I mean, the Brewers were one game away. Well, and it, 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 someone's gonna have to cut the Russian, right? It's gonna have to be like the Russian is cut, and the people will see that they're exposed and they are beatable, and they can be beat. And then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, the floodgates open. But um, they got to make you know, some at some point you got to question the Dodgers. You got to force the Dodgers to question themselves. You got to force Dave Roberts to make stupid decisions. You got to force Canley Jan or Janley can can't Hanley J- my god i can't Hanley, Jansen. Hanley Jansen. you got you got there you got there <laughs> you gotta force, force try to say it again i can't even i can't even say my name right now this is- <laughs>
<laughs> survey says. Um, so that'll be fun, though. I, I think this postseason is going to play out well. We got a lot of baseball. Tomorrow is the crack cocaine of baseball games. It's amazing. Well, let me okay, ask you, Kevin. Uh, Zoe was a little apprehensive, but will you be partaking in uh, sprinkling a little action? Betting? Into those games. Uh, yeah. Are you alive better, Kevin? Will you just. I, I do like live betting. Uh, I actually like live betting better than I like uh, pre betting. I like second half betting and live betting. I like reading the game and then betting and throwing down based on, on the ebb and flow of the game. And some people see it, some people sense it. Some people are better at pre game research. I'm terrible at the pre game research. But I'm able to, you, you, when you've been around it enough, you can probably see how things are developing. I, I love in-game betting. I'm actually the Super Bowl this year. Ooh, doggy. That's where I made most of my money. When the Chiefs went down, uh-huh. Lots of money there. That was a lot of money. We, so also, we also discussed, I'm not going to count the Reds as an underdog because at this point, I think there are as many people picking the Reds as there are the Braves. Uh, I know it's a 2-7 matchup, but a lot of people are picking the Reds. So I don't really count that as an underdog. But obviously that's... But that's like the, I mean, uh, this should be the favorite. Uh, that wrote the three guys that can throw out there in that series, uh, you can't really match them. And again, the Braves don't have uh, the pitching depth. But other than that, two versus seven, do you, what do you think is the next possible, uh, the next most likely upset in the first round, at least? First round? I, I, I guess we saw the Astros are up one nothing now. So that could be your answer. Yeah, Astros, uh, I mean, that could be an upset. I, uh, I just I don't think that they're gonna they're gonna come on back with it, but I think that no chance that the Blue Jays are beating the Rays. Um, I think the Indians would that be an upset if the Indians beat the Yankees? Although the Indians are trailing three nothing right now, so uh, that might kill my breath. That did not go how I thought it would. Yeah, so you got Rays up three one in the top yeah, of the that's, ninth. That's um, Bieber, right, with the Indians. Mm, yeah, game run shot by Mike Judge. It looks like too. Uh, that happens. Uh, let's see here. Indiana. Oh, once again, hit home runs. Yeah, Bieber, Bieber, four hits, three runs. He's, he's getting lit. Honestly, he's getting lit. First two innings, he's given up four hits in the first three. Yikes. But it looks like the uh, Indians got Delano DeShields is on, and you got Lindor up now, so maybe they can cut back into it. But that's that's a rough, crooked number to give up early with your guy that's supposed to be the stopper. That's what we talk about, though. Your ace mm-hmm. has got to be an ace. Giolito went out there and was an ace today. Yep. Bieber is not an ace today. Does Bieber have playoff experience? A little bit, but not a lot of bit. So he went out there and he got lost in the pinstripes with the Yankees. He got, he got, he got too busy worrying about who he's playing and not worrying about his job. And it looks like he came out flat because that first inning he goes out and gives up a two spot in the first. Um, that's not good, you know, and that's what an ace does. An ace needs to get you right back in the dugout, especially when you're at home. The ace needs to get you right back in the dugout in that first inning to get you going. Cause then at that point you can set your own tone and, and he obviously didn't do it. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's, a, that's, a, that's an upset. I think that the Braves are going to be the big upset. I think, I mean, it's not an upset, but it's an upset based on seeding, blah, blah, blah. Um, I, I just, there's, I just don't think there's, you know, as much as the pesky brewers, I don't think there's a chance in hell those guys can somehow find a way to, to, to sting the Dodgers. I just don't. Um, but if they do, I will gladly ring that brewer's bell <laughs> for a second, uh, happily. I'll drink a beer for the Brewers if that happens just for that. Cause that just, that opens up. If, if someone stings the Dodgers, that opens up the entire national league. And so I think uh, everybody, everybody's rooting for whoever plays the Dodgers. And um, responding to Lily Yumper here. So I have the Cubs at uh, big favorites here, minus minus one ninety, and the Marlins at plus plus one sixty to win the wildcard series. 
tomorrow. Yeah. What do we got for tomorrow? Let's see here, Vegas. Uh, yeah, do you have anything for game one? Cubs. Yep, Cubs. got you right here. Um, Cubs uh, are minus 158 only. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Wait, yeah, that's right. Yep, Cubs are minus 158 only. So that's actually a pretty – that's a, that's a good bet. I, I, I'd take the Cubs. I'd, I'd drop a – I mean, that's what, 15, 16, 16 to win 10? I think that's not too bad for a – for a game that is, I mean, the, the books are looking like it's going to sit there. You got a total of eight. Um, so I think they're expecting a little bit of offense, but I think that they're, look, it sounds like they're expecting the Cubs offense because I don't think, I mean, you're thinking Hendricks will give up two, maybe three. Um, I was going to say, to close things off, I think we're going to see a very similar game one of the playoffs as we saw game one of the season. I think it will be low scoring. I think Kyle Hendricks will be on his game. I think the Cubs get a, a few runs. It'll be the ninth inning, and you'll look up. You'll feel confident the entire way, but it's only going to be like 2-0, 3-0. And I think the Cubs are uh, t- Cubs will only take game one. I have full confidence in Kyle Hendricks going game one. Agreed, agreed. Uh, so any last thoughts here, Kevin, as we wrap up the Cubs-Marlins preview? Enjoy the ride. We are Enjoy lucky it. to have baseball. We're playing postseason baseball. Uh, I hope the guys show up. I want – you know, this might have been a frustrating year for the Cubs. It might have been a frustrating year for fans. It's been very divisive, and just in general as society, I think too. And I think the opportunity for the Cubs to go out there uh, and play some good baseball. You know, this might be our last run with some of these guys. You never know. You know, nothing's guaranteed. Tomorrow's not guaranteed, let alone next season. So, I think to I think for these guys to give it one more, you know, at the worst case, especially for a guy like John Lester, for example, one last ride on the bus. Uh, I think it would be a special moment. So I think that Cubs fans need to enjoy this. Um, only one team wins. It's freaking hard to win a World Series. Um, don't act, please, please, please don't act like it's just like a foregone conclusion. This is an easy thing to do. Trust that the Cubs, they're one of the top eight teams in baseball uh, in the National League. They're going to give it a shot. They're going to play their best. They're not going out there to lose. And they're not going out there to, to quit. And they're not going out there to not hustle. They're going out there to win. And so, you know, enjoy this ride, but, you know, keep it in perspective. You know, some of us went, how many years of our lives without Cubs baseball in the postseason at all? And I think I told you guys, my dad was 28 before he got the first, his first taste of Cubs postseason baseball. Let's not be spoiled. Let's enjoy it. Um, let's have that childlike wonder. Every time the Cubs make the postseason, it's a special season. And I think that this is one in a weird year, anything goes. And I think when anything goes, I think the Cubs have found a way to be weird. And I think the weird teams win. So let's have some fun. Let's get weird. Uh, pure Gonzo Cubs. Uh, I, Purposely put up little yumpers, KB bomb game one, because the last time he called a Chris Ryan home run, he did. True. So, little yumper, if this comes true, I am going to need your picks for NFL Sunday. Um, oh, wow. The, again, Cubs just, the Cubs just said ticket is punch buses here. Nice. I didn't, I, didn't know, I didn't pull that bus thing out of my butt, but that's cool. So, for everyone listening on the stream, on the podcast, we will try to do uh, post game, little post game recaps for every game, Cubs and Sox. Check uh, the one out for Sox fans listening, if you guys are still listening. Uh, we did one for the game one win over the A's on Tuesday. Uh, so, yeah, for Kevin, this is Aldo. No appearance from uh, golfing Zoe this time. But hopefully we'll be he'll be back on later this week. So, go Cubs. Go Cubs, go. Let's go. Everybody in. Or something about weird stories play or something. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. 
It's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantee, so the whole league that we hear now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Stray rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, nigga, it all change. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you waiting for, yeah. This is what you waiting for. You can put it on a boy, yeah.